Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know that it's anything that's mystical or, or earth-shattering in any way. I just think you have to display a certain amount of resolve individually and collectively um, in an effort to, to have the type of focus that, that's required to work every day, to get better every day. To, to repeat the cycle that is preparation, regardless of what's transpired, good and bad, in an effort to, to increase your chances of winning with each opportunity, to improve uh, your level of play with each opportunity, to raise your floor uh, with every opportunity, um, individually and collectively. And I know that that's kind of largely been our focus. If you just look at it from a high-level perspective, obviously there's a lot of individual things within that, but largely I just think it's Regardless of circumstance, work, coming to work every day, trying to trying to make days individually productive, um, and and then ultimately taking that spirit and that work into into stadiums. And what we're doing here is is just uh, simply what Mike Tomlin was talking about: resilience, resilience, the ability to keep coming back and doing it over and over again, getting it right, raising the level every time. And if there's anybody that's exhibited great resilience this year it's got to be you max because we got to get an update on our where's max <laughs> daily daily report oh. well you know you have been uh, everywhere so take us take us from the very beginning of that five day five game sort of thing and where you've been and, and what it's been like well so two out of the five stops were home "Quote unquote Phoenix, right? Right. I did. I did the guaranteed rate bull Tuesday um, evening. Um, Wednesday was a normal day. Ooh. I was on air. You know, I was doing normal stuff. Uh, went on the show with your brother. Yes. And, and then Thursday happened. Um, and so I had to host the Fiesta Bowl Media Day um, event because I'm on the Fiesta Bowl committee." After that, went straight to the airport, hopped on a plane to fly to Miami, then <laughs> then called the, the Orange Bowl Friday night, flew back first thing in the morning to work and do the Fiesta Bowl all day and handle all the post-game interviews and everything for SiriusXM, then flew on a 
on a red eye to D.C. Um, to get there Sunday morning to then drive to Baltimore from the airport in D.C., which is not close. Um, and I can't then, help but laughing. <laughs> I know, right? And then, and then we we had that fantastic Sunday night football game in Baltimore, right? To then wake up at four thirty a.m. to catch a six a.m. flight <laughs> to Orlando to then call the Citrus Bowl at one p.m. and then. Florida had all these FAA cancellations and flight delays and slows and goes. So my flight gets canceled. So then I come back Tuesday morning and fly back here to AZ only to lose my car in one of the parking lots because I forgot where I parked because I flew. So I'm I'm walking around like the Terminal 3. And if you've ever been out to Phoenix, there's – Three different terminals. Yeah, Sky uh, Harbor. Yeah, so I flew into one terminal, or I flew out of one terminal, which is where my car was, but I came back in on a different terminal. Right. So then I had to catch the little sky train, and then I'm in this parking garage because I forgot where it is because everything looks alike at this point because <sighs> um, it's literally the third city in a row where I'm looking for a car. Um, so I walked around there for an hour, and then when I finally found my car – Right where it was parked, apparently where I left it. Um, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and then I made it home yesterday to see my – because I hadn't seen my kids in over a week as well. Right, right. So, yeah, so I got home and I started doing the honeydew list of taking down Christmas stuff. Oh, yeah. And then, and then yeah, and then – Life returns and to normal. Show. Life returned to somewhat normal. Right. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been a heck of a trip. I mean, five games in seven days is is a lot of football for one human in five different stadiums. So, I'm happy that I made it through, and I am here with you, Wolf. I am so here. happy. Yes, we are glad to be back together again. By the way, if you've ever watched – Ferris Bueller's day off. Maybe you want to check the speedometer on your rental. You never know. <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. Roll it back a little bit, guys. Wolf, Wolf, yes. you know, Wolf, you and I were, we were, uh, what's the word? We were bemoaning the fact this morning, right, that we can't use licensed music here on the show anymore. Right, yes. That'd be a pretty good time to play I've Been Everywhere by Johnny Cash for Max here. <laughs> yes, I tell exactly so. He's been yeah, to Reno, Chicago, been. Fargo, Minnesota, <laughs> Boston, <laughs> Toronto, <laughs> Winslow, Sarasota, Wichita, Tulsa, Ottawa, <laughs> Oklahoma, Tampa. He's been everywhere, man. He's been everywhere, man. Max, you know what we need to start doing? we gotta have we got to have Wes do karaoke in and out, right? Yeah. He's he been do- to Boston, Charleston, Daytona, Louisiana, <laughs> Washington, Houston, Kingston, Texarkana. He's been everywhere, man. Oh See, my exactly. goodness! Who who needs licensed music when you have a you have a Wesagram? That's a Wesagram. You, know? <laughs> you got it. Or Wessa Oki. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what, what, yeah, Wessy Oki. Wessy Oki. There you go. All right. So Uh-oh. Mike Tomlin comes on. He talks about the resilience of this team. Max, two and six. Who who amongst us? You know, and and the, obviously, we have always the mindset. We got the players' mindset. We never lose that mindset. You're going to fight. You're going to keep going. And you just. But really, realistically, you also know the chances of turning that thing around. It's tough. And you're not sure by any means. You just know that you take it one day at a time because 
it's too overwhelming to look at six and two when you're at two and six. But yet, yeah. this is something special. Things are happening that you let go, hmm, you got something going on here. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it, it's the long-term vision, and that's what makes Mike Tomlin great, right? Even in the eye of the storm, so to speak, right, of just onslaught of negative news, you're losing, but you're also re- literally losing guys <laughs> um, right. at the beginning of the season. In fact, at one point, you lose your almost your entire secondary. Um, but to stay the course – to navigate in the midst of that, you know, that flurry of negativity and to guide these guys and to be a steadying constant force to allow them to then get to the bye. We knew it was a gauntlet at the first half of the season, but for them to not lose hope, right? Not lose sight of the positives that were happening, right? Mm -hmm. The growth that was happening and continuing to quote unquote nurture and continue to water the seeds. Um, and I thought that that was something that when you look back, you could say absolutely remarkable um, to literally do a flip in your results from the first half, literally at the first halfway point, right? Right. We had eight, an eight game cross section and then a nine game. You couldn't have asked for a better time for a buy. And for it to literally be the transverse of each other. Two and six to now six and two. With a very potentially important game come Sunday. Um, and, and about with the Brownies. Um, this is just one of the things you just, I mean, you have to marvel. Regardless of the outcome, what Mike Tomlin continually displays and what he continues to show is, is tremendous and immense leadership knowledge, strategy, foresight, and just tremendous capabilities. I mean, you you can't give him enough praise for what we saw at the first half to where we are today. And we're actually still talking about making making a potential playoff run. Isn't that incredible? I mean, seriously, you look at this and you go, flipping that thing around is it's a ginormous thing. And here's the thing that a lot of people don't really understand – if the guy, if the big dog up front, that being Mike T, if he wavered at all, if he showed any sort of indecision or any sort of lapse in kind of, I don't know, leadership, this this never would have happened. I mean, the one thing you got to understand, when you're the big dog and you go up there in front of, you know, 53 alpha males, and and you you know you you're gonna bark and you're gonna carry uh carry the torch there, you've got to be steady as a rock, and that's got to be a year in year out thing. That's what guys respond to. Otherwise, you get the fighting Saturdays that win their first game and then tank. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's yeah. I mean that's what happens when you. That's one of the qualities that I I think people don't understand in sports about a guy like Mike Tomlin and what leadership means. When you wear leadership like water wears wet, you know, that's something that you can you can bank on and is a steady state thing that is what carries teams through dry spells. Chuck Knoll had it, Bill Cower had it, you know, and Mike Tomlin's got it. And that's something I think you, when you look around the league, there, there's a lot of head coaches lacking that. Well, there are, and I think, I think but also I think, 
<laughs> the gift and the curse, right, is that the curse as that's the gift. The curse aspect is because you have individuals like Mike Tomlin and like Bill Belichick for so long, where it looks easy and everybody thinks they can do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like right. Jeff Saturday, had he not watched other great coaches, he wouldn't have thought he could do it because they made it look easy. But that's where a professional coach comes in. If this is your craft, if this is what you've been working on, if this is what you've continually tooled, reshaped, refocused, rehoned, and you are a student of this game, it does come easier because you've put in the work that gets the requisite reward. But when you don't put in that work or you just think that you can be you know, nonchalant about it, you get the other result. AKA Joe Judge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what we're seeing with Jeff Saturday. Heck, I had Drew Brees on Monday, you know, because he went became an interim assistant at Purdue. They got their teeth kicked in 63 to 7 against LSU. <laughs> and he was like, Yep, this was good. All right, going back going back to my NBC job. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it it's not as easy as people want to believe it to be. And and that's the thing that I think, you know, is always one of the things, you know, and, and I have utmost respect for those who pour their heart into their professions, oh, sure. regardless of whatever it right. is. And I have a bunch of friends who are professional coaches. And to watch the work, the grind, the day-to-day, you wear so many hats as a coach. And especially, you know, I think it's even more appropriate to talk about it this week. You're not just a guy who's doing X's and O's on a whiteboard, right? Mm -hmm. You've You've got to be a psychologist. You've got to be a therapist. You've got to be a friend, an adult at times, like a role model or a father figure. Or you have to be that individual who's a steadying force, a source of knowledge, right? And you've got to, you've got to get into the minds of these guys and also understand how to convey. You're you're a teacher, right? I mean, there's so many different things that you have to manage when you manage humans that people kind of overlook. You know, football players are not rock'em sock'em robots, right? <laughs> you know. They're humans, they have feelings, they have emotions, they got a life outside of the football field, and you have to deal with whatever the world is putting on them and they bring into that building. You've got to figure out a way of tapping through all of that noise and getting to the heart of the person. And not everybody can do that. And that's what makes coaching a very special thing because it, it, it's not a sometimey thing. It's an all-or-none type of thing, and that's what you get with Coach Tomlin. It's an all-the-time type of thing, and, you know, it, it just it makes me think about, obviously, with DeMar Hamlin. Like, he's known DeMar Hamlin since he's been 12 years old. Right. Because guess what? His sons are right around the same age. They've played in the leagues together and against each other. He's had these interactions with them. So – so that's the that's the other thing. He's always coaching. He's always mentoring. Even if he's on the field or off the field or at his kids playing field, he's always coach T at all times. There's never really an off time. Maybe when he closes his eyes at night, maybe he has some mic time, <laughs> but he's coach T right. to 
to everybody. Right, right. And, you know, I laugh, Max, because, and this is a true story, because what you say is so poignant in the fact of he makes it look easy. People think, ah, I could do that. You know, I mean, honestly. And in, in, in one time I was on a radio show with Bill DeFabio years ago. It was Bill's show uh, as a player, you know. And so we were doing this thing, and it had a caller. The caller called in, and he said, you know, I, I watch you guys doing pass pro, and he goes, I don't know. I don't think it's so hard. He goes, I'm a pretty good athlete, and, you know, I don't see anybody getting around me. It's <laughs> like, oh, okay. Gee, I said, um, how much do you weigh? He says, oh, 180. I go, well, they would have picked you up and throw you at the quarterback, okay? <laughs> you know? I mean, or just but, throwing them on their back like a piggyback ride. Like, here, let me show no. you what's about to happen, son. Did you ever, <laughs> did you ever see – I love the, the one Avenger thing when, when Hulk grabs uh, Loki and he just pummels him. Yeah, bam, bam, yeah, bam, yeah. bam. That's what it would have been, you know? Exactly. I mean, puny but God. it's puny God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and the fact is, it's like you, you got people that go, oh, I could do that. You know what I mean? It, it's it's not as easy as it looks. You know, and I, yeah. frankly, I never thought it looked easy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and here's the thing. I mean, there, there's guys who can't who can barely get off the couch like, oh, I could have done that. I'm like, what? <sighs> first of all, bud, get off, peel, peel your skin off of the couch. If it's leather, <laughs> you might need to pour some water on there just to separate your skin from it. Um, and then not only before you even get to that rep, I need you to go out on the field and run about eight and a half gassers. Okay? <laughs> and they're timed. And then on top of that, I want to make sure that you can do that one rep that you're asking about. I need you to do it about 50 times before I even trust you to put you in a drill against another human being. You got to do it on air first, right? <laughs> I, and, and I need you to replicate exactly what you're going to do every time. And then throw that out the window when you get up against a defender because he's not standing still. The X moves, Right? On the grease board is static. It's stationary. Right. Now, that X is not going to be exactly where I just drew it. It's going to move around. It's going to confuse you. It's going to drop. Or, hell, back when I, you know, back when I played early on, remember when Baltimore did the schoolyard walk-around defense? Mm-hmm. That muddle-huddle stuff. Yeah, that muddle. Yeah, I'm like, pick one. <laughs> and you better not pick wrong. <laughs> We got five of whatever that seven to eight guys is. We got five of them. Yep. Which one are you picking? And don't pick the dropper. <laughs> <laughs> you can't pick the man that drops. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it, it, it's, it's always amazing to me. People that think they can do it. And I thought, as much as I love Jeff Saturday. Right. Because Jeff's a tremendous dude. He was on our executive committee when I, when I was a player rep. Heard only um, good things about him. Tremendous, but this just goes to prove that great players don't necessarily make great coaches, right? And that you have to spend the time. And he hadn't spent the requisite time to receive the requisite reward in that process. So you've got to work hard in order to play hard or to receive the reward that you're seeking. It's not something. There's no. There's no fast money, easy money type of way of doing this. It is it is a consistency and time that that prevails in this type of situation. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. You know, I again couldn't say anything better. The whole fact of the matter is, you have to have that firm resolution as a player to work day in day out to better yourself, 
to be a good teammate, to hold others accountable around you, and that is what slowly, slowly starts to turn the ship around. It comes down to the individual performances. You know, I think about this defense that struggled so mightily early on, and yet now they've, over the last several games, I mean, what is it? Uh, I think there's six or seven games now in a row where they, they have allowed more than 17 points. They're doing a great job of digging in their heels and, and getting some things done here. Um, you know, uh, I don't know. I just I, – I, I love to give a salute to the guys that show remarkable determination and resilience in the face of a lot of adversity. And uh, there's a lot of unsung heroes that have kind of thrown their uh, hat into the uh, mix and, and become particularly – strong members of that maybe they were overlooked early on. And we could talk about, maybe that's what we'll talk about in the next segment. Some of the guys like the Marvin Leal. I mean, good heavens, you got a Mark Robinson that even though Mike Tomlin said, <laughs> I, did you see in the, the, the press conference yesterday when somebody said how comfortable you are with my, and he didn't even get the whole sentence out. And Mike goes, comfortable? <laughs> you, you might talk comfortable. I wasn't comfortable. <laughs> You know, yeah, I mean, exactly. I thought it was funny, but it was still, you know, they, they Mark Robinson, they were able to take his specific skill set and apply it to certain packages and down and distance. And I thought, you know, this this is just part of really all hands on deck, people doing what they need to do and, and coming around and, and showing that ability to come through under a lot of adversity. Because, again, this football team sat at two and six. That's wow, man. That's yeah. a turnaround. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's, you know, I hate to put a very, you know, awkward visual, but that's staring down the barrel of the gun. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, right, right. Like, woo. Um, you're moments yeah, from we have, the season being over. Yeah, you're like, you're like, we have, we, we, we only won 25% of our games <laughs> at this point. I'll let you do that math. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's like, it's like, it's like, man, um, mm. so – so who who are the top options for the number one overall pick? Like like that's the type of question you start asking yourself. Right, right. And you don't want to be <laughs> like, part of that conversation. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to be like, hey, so should we trade the first pick or <laughs> do we? How far back can we go to still get our guy? You don't want to have the you don't want to have the combine draft free agency questions happen. At, you know, in the middle of October, and <laughs> you know. That that's one of the things that we could absolutely say did not happen, and in fact, guys dug their heels in, yeah, and said, "Nope, this is the, the, whatever you're seeing right now. That we're the that this is the point where the sausage is being made. You know, you don't you don't come in the back of the kitchen midway through prep and start criticizing the chef, right? You wait for the meal to get done. When he said it's done, yeah, the meal is done January eighth. And then we can then we can judge what it is, right? And and Mike Tomlin, you know, ran ran his ship tighter than tighter than Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> Kitchen stayed tight. There was a couple of fires back there. I'm sure I'm sure some people got cussed out in a British accent, but at the end of the day, the meal came out perfect, and everything is going as planned right now, and everything is still within their grasp. So. I know some things have to happen, but it has just been remarkable to watch the leadership and watch the growth of all the players, right? Absolutely. You know, the biggest thing, the players have become even more inspired as opposed to being down or, 
you know, or looking or looking beat, mm-hmm. you know, because you because you can look at a guy's eyes and you know when a guy's beat. Well, yeah. you and I have seen oh, those yeah. moments where you stared across and it's a hollow soul in front of you, and it's just a shell because they're just trying to get to the off season or a team that's fighting, clawing, and giving it his all, and he's staring through he's staring through your soul as much as you're staring through his. That that's the guy that's feared, and that that's that cornered animal, right? Right. That's that cornered, scared, wounded animal that that's gonna just just go blind fury on you. And that's where the Steelers are. They're, they're at that moment where they're staring you down, and they're like, "Listen, you're not gonna take this from me." <laughs> Absolutely. All yeah. right, young man, we gotta right. roll. Yeah, let's take let, let's take this to break. <laughs> We've had a great soliloquy on this first opening segment. Ooh, ooh. You are in word. the locker room with Wolf. And Starks is actually here. But, of course, Euler's <laughs> also here as well here on SNR and ESPN Radio. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Man, it's a really personal thing for me, uh, being a Pittsburgher. And, and that young man, being a Pittsburgher, I've known that guy probably since he was about 12. Um, just got a lot of respect and love for him as a human being. Um, his commitment to the pursuit of his uh, goals and dreams of doing what it is he's doing right now, which is playing in the NFL and to watch him make personal decisions and, and, and make that a realization. Um, it's just an honor to get to know young people like that. I um, had an opportunity to express that to him whenever I see him. We've played Buffalo um, each of the last two seasons and he and I get to have a moment uh, because it's just cool to, to, to not only appreciate these guys in terms of where they are now, but to, to know them since they were younger people and to, to watch their maturation, their development to watch them, um, you know, earn what they've been chasing. Um, it's just really a, a cool thing. And... and that's Mike Tomlin talking about his relationship with DeMar Hamlin. And, of course, we know what happened with DeMar uh, the other day. And that moment was – and in talking about that, that moment was captured in a picture I saw of uh, Mike and uh, DeMar hugging out uh, after the game at uh, Highmark Stadium, there with the you know with the Steelers and Bills, um, I Max just give you the four. We talked about it an awful lot yesterday, and uh, what we're going to do is we're going to open the phone lines four one two nine one nine one three one six. If you uh, want to chime in and send out good wishes and prayers to uh, Demar, uh, certainly I want to give you Max the opportunity to express what your thoughts about this. Well, um, <clears throat> thank you, Wolf. I appreciate you giving me the floor for this. Um, you know, <clears throat> this is something that's unprecedented, I guess you'd say more so in the modern era. Obviously, there was another situation, um, you know, and and the death of Chuck Hughes about 50 years ago for mm-hmm. the Detroit Lions when they were playing the Bears, uh, which led to – you know, the amount of planning, um, personnel, equipment, and everything that's now available um, to the NFL medical personnel on the sidelines when a 
when an unprecedented event happens or a catastrophic event happens. And I think you could say you could classify this in in the catastrophic event category. Right. Um, a player sustains a hit, um, which stops his heart, um, which leads to a cardiac arrest, and the tremendous and extraordinary measures that are taken to resuscitate said player. Um, Demar Hamlin. It's a kid from McKee's Rocks, Pitt Panther, and, you know, he's a, he's a son. He's a brother. He's a friend, right? He's a loved one um, to, to, to people. And I think all too often we tend to, and, and not saying that, that it's us, but media, fans, all of us in general, you, te- you, you, you tend to take players for granted, in right. a sense that they're, they're at cer- certain points they don't become human to other people. They are a thing. You know, I, I, I made the joke earlier, rock'em, sock'em, robot, right? Right. You know, oh, head pops off, pu- push it back down, back to, back ready to go again, right? And it's like, no, we, we, we are humans, you know, and, and athletes are humans. And, you know, people tend to forget that in the advent of, fantasy football and sports betting and everything else, you look at them as pieces or things, you know, something that just has a number um, and just performs this this great feat that I pay money for. But at the end of the day, it, it's emotions. Right. It's, it's real people out there in the world dealing with real things, and there's real life that can happen to them. Now, granted, all of us when we were in our 20s, thought we were immortal right we thought we there, there was nothing we couldn't do right wolf 10 foot you know? tall and bulletproof <laughs> hey yeah. hey could leap over a building in one single bound you know what i'm saying like <laughs> like you know feel like uncle rico from napoleon dynamite i could throw that ball clear over them their mountains you know just send me back to state 82 um you know there, there but but this was this was a moment you know that i looked at it and it, and it took it took us back to humanity. It took athletes back to mortality. And granted, there, there, there's superhero feats that can be accomplished by a lot of professional athletes. That's why they're professionals. But at the same time, we kind of lose the humanism aspect of it. And right now we have a young man sitting over there at UC Med. Med. That's a Pittsburgher. Let's just put that out there, right? It, mm-hmm. It's a local son right. in DeMar Hamlin. Don't worry about the jersey color, but the blood, you know, that and the mud that he's from is from Pittsburgh. And he's fighting for his life right now. And let's just be mindful of that. Let's send our prayers and thoughts. Right. Um, because I can't tell you how I would feel if if I was on the field when that happened. Mm, yep. Foot, football is the furthest thing that would be from my mind at this very moment. Um, and I'm sure for a lot of active athletes in the NFL that were watching that game, they were sitting down in probably their basement, watching it with the buddy, just getting home from doing, you know, from, from, from meetings at the facility and runs, sitting down, wanting to watch a really good contest, and then you see that happen to appear 
and the amount of time on the field. And, you know, it's a small community with the active players. Guys know each other on every team. Guys went to school with guys on the other team. They have relationships with these guys. They follow each other on social media. They have each other's phone numbers. There's a lot that's going on mentally that we don't want to address. And that's the most important thing is the mental state, the mental health of, you know, everybody involved live in the stadium, on the field, around that area, but also for all the other 30 other teams and all the other people that consume that game. There's that mental aspect that we all have to worry about. Man, if I can say anything, just make sure that if it's affected you, make sure you talk. Mm -hmm. You know, mental health is a real thing. You know, we push it aside and you try and have some machismo about you, but everybody hurts. And if you continue to bottle, just like a Heinz ketchup bottle when you hit that 57 when it's upside out, it's going to pour out. Mm -hmm. You know, and so – be mindful of that and you know I worry about you know the the Steelers guys I mean think about this guys who've been on this team for five plus years you probably shared you've shared the same dining facility with DeMar Hamlin Mm -hmm. when he was at Pitt right right you've probably sat next to him at a table you've probably had a conversation with you passed him in a hallway um so I worry about those guys as well and how, what they're feeling, their mental state. Guys that had to go up against him, right? I mean, th- this is a very delicate situation. Um, you know, we hope for the best. I mean, the news has been starting to come out slowly but surely in a positive direction, but it's still not clear. If you've been on an event this right. long, it's still, it's still not 100% good to go. No, you, it's still a real fight from this point forward. Um, so let's just keep our thoughts and prayers with him. And Wolf, I, I really appreciate you allowing me to the stage to talk about it, man. It's something that's that's been on my heart. And, you know, it's one of those sadnesses that, you know, you can't – sometimes you can't quantify. And, and us yeah. being former players, you know, we have a unique perspective to shed light on that. And so, you know, I was happy that you gave me the opportunity to just speak my part. Well – you know what? It's important. It's like you said, talk to someone, and you're talking to a lot of people now, Max, and it's good. It's good words, good advice, good things, because people need to hear from people who have been out on the field and, and have – this is their perspective. You know, I, I heard uh, – you know, one of the things I, I heard coming in was uh, they're, they're talking about, well, you know, I think it was the Bills offensive. You know, one of them was, was just preparing to go back out there. But, you know – the point is, if, if indeed that was so, that's just that's being you know that's just the natural reaction of the ball players, you know what I mean? Yeah. That you know you're standing there and you just you start to huddle up because you don't know what to do and you react as 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 you were have been conditioned, you know. If, yeah. if that being the case, you're you, you're thinking, well, you got to move on because a lot most for the most part, there's a lot of guys that don't know what's going on there, and then you realize again the severity, but you're operating on a on a level of you're just kind of going along with what you've been doing all along, you know. I mean, it's it's a tough thing. Even when you have, you know, the, the issues where someone's uh, spinal cord injury, you know, you worry about that. Somebody's got doinked, they're laying there, they got the board, and, and you're like, 
it's so hard. I, I I try to express to people what it's like to be a player standing there praying this guy is not paralyzed, is not having, you know, that sort of uh, catastrophic injury. And yet at the same time, you've still got to try to get your mind wrapped around the fact you've got to go back to work in a mere, you know, however it takes long as, it, you know, to clear the field. I mean, that's yeah. that's a, a dichotomy of the two. It is extremely difficult to try to convey to somebody who hasn't been there and done that. Yeah, the, 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 the compartmentalization yeah. that is involved um, with seeing that. I mean, yeah, I hate, I hate to even put us in the same field, but it, 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 it harkens in the spirit of, of act, military, active, right. active duty, Right. You see something that's what most people would categorize as traumatic, mm-hmm. as as scary, as you know, death-defying. Even in some modes, you hope is death-defying, um, and you still have to go out there and perform under that duress, right? Even knowing that this thing just <coughs> happened, right? Right. <laughs> yes. And you have to act like, no, this doesn't happen. You know, I mean, just think about it in practice, right? Hey, let's move the drill up 10 yards. Yes. You know, you know, keep marching in step. You know, don't look to your left or your right, just look straight ahead. Um that that that's that that's what we're conditioned to do. And like you said, when we see a spine board, we're worried, but we're also looking for that that thumbs up. We're yes. looking for that little yep. hand wave. Yeah. That gives us the ability to say Okay. Okay. I now can we can proceed. Move. Yes. It, yeah. Exactly. It, it, it's like it's it, you know it's like in, in racing, right? They wave that yellow flag and then they wave the green flag again to say we're back up because the crash is cleared. Yes. Like that's exactly that, yeah. that, that 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 that's what it is, and so we don't necessarily get the opportunity um, right now to have that, but we're so conditioned that that's what we're supposed to see. Got right? Guy comes out on a cart. Guy comes. I remember, <clears throat> you know, when Barrett Brooks. We were in one of the final preseason games um, when it says 07. And Barrett got, 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 got hit square in the thigh. He severed his quad. Mm. It rolled up into the top of his leg. Oh, my goodness. That's a big leg, and too. That is a, that's a big ham hock. If anybody yeah. knows B. Brooks, yeah. he's got, he, he does not have little legs. No. He, run, he, he runs like he has little legs. <laughs> We used to, because we, we used to call him Fred Flintstone in the bowling alley. Yeah. He'd be like Twinkle Toes, but I mean, but Barrett was a big dude, and, and to see that, I mean, and that was another one where, boom, ambulance comes out. He has to get straight there, right? Because it's time. You, you your entire humongous leg muscle. Think about the front of your leg, from from your knee up to your hip. That's your quad, and that flips up. You know, like like when you see those cartoon, like the uh, the block the the little blind sheets that whoop whoop whoop, you know, that flips up into the top. Um, that's what it did, and and you see that, and then you got to go out and still play. Right. right. That's, that's tough to see when you see something so traumatic and so forceful happen, but but that's the nature we're in, and this was that moment to really pause. Think yes. about how often the game has been suspended, and not even thought about being resumed. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. So, so yeah. So th- we're in a very unique situation um, dealing with with how 
we proceed with with uh, de- post the Demar injury. Yeah, exactly. So, well, buddy, we better take yeah. a break here. Yeah, let's take another break because I, I don't I don't want to shorten us too much or get us behind for Wex Wednesday. Yes, the Wex Power Hour. That's right. So we're gonna step aside one more time. You're in the locker room, Wolf and Starks, ESPN SNR Radio. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, I I hadn't really paid a lot of attention to it, to be quite honest with you. I'm more concerned with how I display how I handle it. Um, A lot of young players don't have a a mode. They, They come into work trying to figure out what the mode is, and so... Those of us that are experienced or those of us at, that, that lead, we better focus on displaying what it is we want from the young people as opposed to just trying to ascertain where they are. How much thought do you put into that of how you're going to emote uh, your feelings of how I do that every day of my professional life? Uh, everything that I do professionally is intentional. And that's true words spoken from the lead dog at the front of the, uh, the, the building. You know, Max, when you hear words like that talking about setting the example and knowingly going about with a thoughtful pattern of, of presenting, you know, the way you go about your business to young guys, it's important. And these are the seeds, these are the building blocks that are enable a team to take a 2-6 and six and turn around to 6-2. and two. Consistency. Yep. That's what you heard there, right? Yep. Consistency amidst experience and that's what Mike Tomlin was pretty much saying in that moment to sum it up in a very very less loquacious manner loquacious he says oh Hoopy is like all over you this morning she's got to be loving this (laughs) yes Uh, but I you know I I think that that was very important and very poignant of coach Tomlin to say that because it goes to show you that that there there is a craft there's a technique. There's a skill behind it. And he intimated that, right? He, he told us, hey, every day of my professional life, I'm worried about how I emote to them and how I deliver how I want young people to be. To show them the way by actions, right? Because, you know, we have different learners in this world. Some who learn by seeing. Right. Some who learn by doing. And those who learn by reading, right? You know, there's the visual, there's the RO, and there's the physical. And, you know, what Coach Tom was saying, you, you have to have a balance of both of those things. And true leaders understand that. And they understand how the rest of your, your supporting cast or your subordinates have, have to act, have to come to work. We always talk about guys who – mimic what the older guys do until until they create their own way. They're, that's no different than what he's talking about with leading men and being a coach. Oh, captain, my captain, right? Right. Being, being the leader of this ship. You've got to navigate in the face of adversity and not flinch. Show ultimate resolve and resiliency because eventually – even if you're faking it till you make it, the young guys don't know any different. Well, but if they don't see you flinch, they're not going to flinch. That's the young guns. 
that's where we're going with this. You know, you think about it. Yeah. Think about the fact that you've got such young guys as, you know, you've got Jalen Warren. You know what I mean? Jalen Warren is like fresh juice every time he, he touches the ball. You know, I mean, these things here, the, the young people come about, you know, whether it's a DeMarvin, whether it's uh, Mark Robinson, you know, there, there's all these young guys that are, are contributors. And, um, again, you've got you've to you've emote, as you use that term, set the tone. Uh, you've got to show the way. And you've got to show what it looks like. You know, in a day in day out basis, and but that's why these young guys, part and parcel, why they're coming along and getting involved and doing the things that they're doing. You know, the the George Pickens, this kid here. I just think, what what this young man is so capable of doing if he is able to be focused and and play do the things that a, a pro needs to do. I look forward to what this young man can do. He and Kenny Pickett together, that's going to be some beautiful music. No, absolutely. I mean, and, and Kenny Pickett, another one, right? Absolutely. I mean, the fact that he's started as much as he has, we kind of, we kind of, we kind of put that aside. But <laughs> he forget. He, he, he's he, just he, a rookie. He, he, he's just a rookie. He knows no different. He doesn't have last year or some other year to draw from from experience. No, every time he steps on the field, every snap he takes, he's t- he's logging experience because he has nothing to draw from in the past. College does not count, <laughs> you know? Right. And I think that's something that, when, like you said, it's Marcus Robinson, it's DeMarvin Leal, it's George Pickens, it's um, it's it's Kenny Pickett. And even I'll even lump into this category, Najee, Pat Fryer move, sure. right? Yep. Second-year guys who are still learning the way. They still have to look to others for advice, um, you know, and understand it. Dan Moore Jr., um, you're talking about guys who are in their freshman and sophomore, quote-unquote, years in the NFL um, that are still trying to really figure out what it means to be a pro, to be a professional. You're not a vet yet. Yes, you got reps on your side, but you're still not a vet categorically by seasons. You're still considered very young, very new, very raw in this situation. And I think it's important that they see that leadership from a Cam Hayward, right? They see that from a TJ Watt. They see a Minka, right? They see what Miles Jack is doing. Mm-hmm. They see what all of these different people are showing them. And even for the new guys, Mason Cole and James Daniel, they've got experience. So there's guys who are looking to them. Um, for advice, Chooks even, Deontay Johnson, right? There's guys that they're looking to like, hey, hey, how do I do this? How do I go about this? Because I'm still trying to figure it out. And I think that's important that these young guys, they don't flinch. They just get in there. Hey, this is what we're supposed to do? All right, jumbo package? All right, I'm in. I'm in. Let me put my hand in the ground. Is that what you said, Tyson? All right, cool, man. I'm following you, bro. Meet at, meet at the quarterback? Cool. You know, I, I yeah. think that, that that's that's all you have to have. You have to have that mentality, and you can see the buy-in. That's why you take a 2-6 and six and you get to a 6-2. and two. It's because you have to have complicit buy-in, right? You have to do, follow the orders. There's no personal feelings involved. Just follow the orders. Until you have your own way or you have your own leadership voice, 
Follow the voice in your, follow that voice that, that's, that's ringing in your ears right now mm-hmm. until you create your own voice. <laughs> <laughs> exactly so. All right, my friend, we yeah. got the Wexinator coming up. Well, and, and and what is the next hour, Wolf, again? The Power Hour. Yes, that's right. that's it. It, is, it is the yes. Power Hour coming up. Next here on the locker, in the locker room, not on the locker room, in the locker room, we have Wex Wednesdays. You're here with Wolf and Starks here on ESPN and SNR Radio.